I have been led to believe that there is a clause in your contract that you get like a fat stack of cash if you win worlds. I watch uh, Dev uh, when I started in 2020, and I believe I'm 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 way better, I'm way better than him. So I want to blame to him and prove it, you know. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Euphoria podcast ahead of the LEC playoffs. Yeah, and as always, we are on YouTube, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts if you want to try and find us. And this week, of course, we're joined by El Yoya and Supa from the Mad Lions Koi. Yeah, and we won't just be talking about <laughs> <laughs> We're working on this intro yeah. thing, Rob. Go. Yeah. Just to say in your own I words, like, bro. You yeah. don't have to read it I exactly. Don't spoke, don't. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, wait, are you starting to hold No, no, just go. Just, no, just, just, no, just, this, um, is, this is what the people want. Is the chaos. <laughs> oh, I appreciate it. All right. Well, we won't just be talking about Mad. We'll be talking about their upcoming best of threes as well. <laughs> and every single team in the best of threes, as well as don't worry, we'll take accountability for our tier list as we're no, we supposed won't. to. Of course, if you want to jump to a specific part, whether it's about Mad or any of the best of threes, you can use the timestamps below. But for now, let's get into the episode. Welcome, Supa. Welcome, Elioya. Glad to have you here. Uh, you know, we're going to have to, I think, be embarrassed at some point in this podcast when we look back for most on of us. <laughs> for most of it, when we look back at where we might have thought you would end up, but you've made it to top eight. Um, you're here now and it's good to have you. I'll start with you, Supa, because we've had Elio here a few times. How, how do you feel about like the first regular season? It's three weeks. It's a new league, new mm-hmm. studio. What do you think overall? I mean, first, I was always uh, saying last year that I prefer this to be really fast, three weeks go play, just go play, because I feel two, I mean, it's like two months, regular season was not not worth it, not good. I, I didn't like it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm happy to have this format. And I'm pretty happy. I'm, as I said uh, in some interviews, uh, I'm enjoying a lot playing a studio uh, offline every single match. So I feel like I discover how to enjoy competition more than I didn't know. Damn, I like that. Discover, figured out how to enjoy it more. Oh, yeah, yeah, this is like same old, same old for you. New studio, but you're used to. I mean, you did have to play during the COVID year, so I shouldn't say that you like, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's not like you probably take it for granted, but it's pretty normal. Was it, was it weird for you setting foot on stage, like whole new team, completely different? Because you'd been mostly with the same crew, you know, changing players here and there, but for like almost your entire career up to that point. Yeah, I mean, it was different, but I enjoyed it the more. I feel like this uh, split. I don't know. I liked it more. It felt more like my vibe. Yeah. Um, well, the results also, you know, like solid overall, I would say. Definitely above, I think, a lot of people's expectations. Not maybe top team in the league quite yet, but rising up pretty quickly. Um, what do you guys feel like went well for you? Like, what, what do you feel like you did well in the context of the regular season? What do you feel like you guys did poorly? Go either mm. one of you. Who feels who has strong feelings? Super. I feel like you're a guy who has strong feelings on a lot of things in League of Legends, and I know you're probably holding back a lot of times because I'm. <laughs> I mean, what the went good? I think. I mean, talking about myself, uh, most likely, I think uh, I secure a strong confidence playing. I think during my career, during my career, I choked a lot in official. They didn't manage well my confidence. And yeah. this year, I, I think I did it pretty well from the beginning. And I think we won a lot of matches because we were pretty confident that we were better than, than the enemy team. And at the same time, I think we were not consistent enough to mm-hmm. make it every single match. What was that process like for you then and like trying to 
come in to the LEC because you guys have been smashing bot lane. It's been really f- fun to watch. Nearly cursed there, nearly. <laughs> but, uh, uh, it's been really fun to watch. So what does that process look like to get the confidence and, you know, have, like play mm-hmm. as incredible as you do where you're actually playing hyper-aggressive in that bot lane and ha- showing that confidence? I mean, I think uh, we did the work before, at least me. I, I know Alvaro worked uh, less because he's less time with us. Uh, I knew that I was the best for me uh, from one year. I believe I was the best. I work more than the rest. I, I did it harder. I know how league works. So I, I already knew that I was better than the rest. But the process is to have the confidence, to prove it, to make it believe it in official when you only have one chance, it's one match. So it's like I saw a lot of uh, podcasts, uh, people that work, uh, that want to be the best, that are the best. So I just kind of click watching one podcast about the confidence and I just say, okay, if you want to be the best, you need to think you will do 18-0, you will stomp every match. doesn't matter what happened. You just go, enjoy and think you're the best. Kind of like a click I got uh, watching yeah, podcasts uh, and, and people that I really want to be like them in terms of confidence. Yeah. That's sick. That's really cool. Is there anyone in particular that you look up to uh, that like inspires you for confidence? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, ha- I have a, like a, some of them that are my favorite. First one is Michael Jordan, yeah, obviously, and the second one I think is Ilya Topuria because I always say I have one weakness uh, during during my career that it was the confidence how to make it to the official. Yeah, because in a scrims, you know, doesn't matter, no. Sure, I, sure, sure. Yeah, y- y- you can prove it so easy. So when I see him, when I know how he talk, how he acts it's like this guy has what what i what i lack yeah so i just went to him hear him when i feel i'm not in a good mood i just put him 40 minutes talking and i'm i'm the mood you know (laughs) (laughs) before vitality match i'm 40 minutes uh hearing what he told that he will destroy because he played for the title in yeah yeah. soon in two weeks more or less so i just hear him i bro it just gets you fired up i can see it on your face it's like gets you right in that right mindset so I, I feel like really in the same way, you know, he, he talked when he said, I'm the best because I work hard, because I, I did all the job. Now I just need to, yeah. it's, it's, it's time, you know, I, it's, it's not, I need to prove it. It's, I work, I will be the best. Doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, time only. There's no, there's no variable there. You are, it, it will be, there's no question, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I like that. And that's cool. And I'm glad that that's working for you because I think we've had a lot of, players who have especially back in the challenger days who would come up to like eu lcs at the time and would just bomb man like you look at the start of hansama's career on stage you look at the start of upset's career on stage those are guys who dominated challenger and it took them like almost a whole split or a whole year to really look like the same player in a lot of the games and so the fact that you especially because i think what a lot of people are going to remember if they weren't familiar with you domestically in spain is the EMEA Masters finals, right? Mm-hmm. Which I don't think was like your guys' best, even though you brought it to five games, I think that was dangerously close to mm-hmm. being a 3-0, right? And so the fact that you came in in the first three weeks here and you guys just start 2v2 killing like <laughs> 50% of the lane opponents that you go up against, I was like, my first thought was, God damn it, we put them in D tier. My second <laughs> thought was this kid is like, you're amazing, you're cracked, you're popping off both of you together. So I'm glad that it's working for you and it's mm-hmm. clearly transitioning super well to stage. Oh yeah, when you came into this lineup, right? I think the initial, everyone looks at this team and it's like, oh, yo is here. He's the leader. You know, he's gonna 
bring together this like band of rookies. Like people instantly like just project that narrative onto you because you are like the most veteran player on the stage in terms of LEC experience. How did you actually feel when you came into a lineup that for the most part had spent so much time kind of playing together and already knew a lot about each other? I mean, honestly, I was <clears throat> I was excited because it's people I've, want, uh, I've been wanting to work with for a long time. So I was just excited. I don't feel like this extra pressure that people put on me of like, oh, he's the leader. He has to put them together. Like, I hate this label of rookies as of like, oh, you're a rookie, you need yeah. this help. I think that's fake in a way. Like, of course, I can help them in many other ways that I've been playing LEC, I've been playing Worlds, I've been playing inter international stages. They have not, they don't have this experience in which I can help them a bit. But at the end, like this rookie level, I think it's really not uh, good for anyone. And as I was saying, like on my rookie year, I, wo I won the LEC twice. Like this is just an excuse that many people put to themselves to accept failure. So yeah, I mean, I don't think I was like that much of a help for them, but if in case they needed me or something, I would be there. So did you kind of just come in and expect to hit the ground running and like be as good as you guys are at the moment? Or did you think, hey, look, we'll take winter, see how it goes. And then like spring is where we'll really start to come into it. Or were you just like, we're going to be the best as soon as we get here? Well, I thought we would even be better than what we we're showing. And partly is on me. I think I've not been performing as good as I thought I would. And I didn't have much expectations for this uh, spring in a way that what I really wanted is for people to feel confident in the stage. I really didn't mind if we would lose this split or we would not have the best results this split, but we get used to stage. Mm -hmm. That's for me the most important because I know winter we're going to win. I know summer we're going to win. So those are the ones that I have my eye on. This one for me was more of like, let's get used to the stage. Let's make sure that we are don't have this uh, pressure because I'd rather lose this, let's say, be second this split and lose this fear or like this stage uh, pressure. Yeah rather than winning it and still having it for like international events or, uh, or the, for the upcoming splits. So I didn't really have expectations, even though it still is to win. Yeah. I, I mean, it's cool that you just had that a very concrete goal. And I get it, especially when you talk about that's something that you struggled with in the past. But are, are you nervous at all as we get to further stages, like when it comes to Worlds, when it comes to Munich, that this is going to like rear its head again and you're going to have to like that like a lot of the battles you're going to be facing aren't going to be about playing, you know, a mm. Korean team on stage is going to be about like, can I just perform the, the mm. level that I want to? Is that something that you think about? Um, and first of all, I'm a bit different with El Joya because uh, my expectation from the beginning was, if, if I don't lie, it's like it's going. My expectation was in around fourth in the regular season. I don't care when to play and, and win. Mm. I have the confidence about that. Obviously, about the international thing, I'm super hyped to play into the people that I learned uh, watching, you know. I, I watched uh, Dev uh, when I started in 2020, and I believe I'm, 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 way, I'm way better than him, so I want to play into him and prove it, you know. <laughs> I, I, but then playing to Viper Gumayusi is like a dream for me because I played into them in solo queue and it's not the same. I, yeah. I really feel they are not giving his 100%. So I want to play into them. See, for probably the first game they they will f me because <laughs> be because I never play into them. Sure. I, I, I know I won't play into them in official. Like yeah. I, I will have scrims, you know, it's like daily see. You play first game, you see, hey, they play different, but second game, you don't, you don't do the same into yeah. me. So... I'm really hyped to play into them because it's, 
if I want to step up I, and, and keep going when I reach there, obviously I have a, this process. I'm just thinking LEC right now. Yeah. I will improve way better as a player. Like, I'm so happy because it's, it's a, I feel like it's a different game, play there and yeah. play here because it's, it's, I feel here they don't put you that much travels in, yeah. in learning phase, in fights. And I see there how they play and I feel like it's so beautiful that I'm so hyped. I get that sometimes. We were talking about that the other day, Rob, which is sometimes it's like, especially as teams in winter split try to figure out how to play together. A lot of the team fights that we watch are just so hectic and it yeah. seems like people don't have a firm grasp on what they need to be doing. And then you watch an LCK team fight and you're like... <laughs> Or an LPL team fight that's <laughs> like really well coordinated. And sometimes, yeah. <laughs> don't get me wrong, they also have like just cluster terrible team fights. But sometimes you get that one where you're just like, damn, that was clean. Like yeah. every single player knows what they had to do. And it's like the littlest things, like that one second on a Rakan W that like defines a fight, difference in cooldown, you know, and you're like, damn, that's elite. Like, because yeah. we feel it every year when we cast worlds too, right? Like, I love LEC. It's fun, it's chaotic. As you get further into the tournament, the games get better and better, obviously. But international does and always will i think just hit a little different and feel a little different so it's cool to see that i like the confidence again we're very far away from worlds msi a little bit closer but you guys win winter or spring you're going so we'll see yeah. one step one step at a time um phil it's time for the part where we get embarrassed throw the throw the uh, phil's our producer <laughs> put the thing up phil put the <laughs> there it is it, it's annoying because our photos also make us look yeah. even cockier than we are um yeah so a lot that we were wrong about here. Just a um, smidge. Just a little bit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is your opportunity to roast us, to call us out. <laughs> um, I'm happy to defend why we put you guys low. But uh, yeah, what do you guys? How do you guys feel in hindsight about our little ranking of the league? What's the What's the one that's the most egregious, other than Mad Lions <laughs> Coy and D tier? Yeah. Other than Mad Lions <laughs> Coy and D tier, what do you think we were like? I mean, BDS. You think BDS? Yeah. I think so low. Be- they performed much better than C-tier, so for I sure agree. The, the second yeah. one, no? Yeah. I mean, BDS were good. I was skeptical I, yeah. that because that, they were kind of, they kind of just did one thing most of last year and Worlds yeah. looked all right. So I was, I was pretty shocked at how quickly Ice worked well into the team. And also, shout out to Nuke. Yeah. I, Nuke played like yeah, three Nuke's champs insane. last year. And I have, we spent a lot of time on the podcast, or I spent a lot of time on the podcast being like, mm, he's all, all right. And the mid lane talent pool wasn't great last year as a whole. So, and I wasn't that impressed, but this year he's sick. So credit yeah, to him. He's, well. I, I feel like he got so much better yeah. uh, between the time since we last saw Also, their team fighting just looks amazing. Like yeah. They're one of the teams where I look at their team fights. I'm like, oh, yeah, you guys all have a plan in this, and it looks really, really sick. So, yeah, yeah, I think BDS is done fantastically. But we're mostly here to talk about us putting you D tier. Um, <laughs> and this is kind of my, my question. Like, we put you there because a lot of rookies – we weren't sure how a lot of rookies i know and you feel like you already talked about how you feel like that label is like a little bit bs these days mm-hmm. um and so i guess the question that i have is um do you feel like based on how you guys played domestically from the mavi star from the mavi star lineup do you feel yeah um do you feel like you guys should have been given more credit coming to the league do you think it was reasonable for people to doubt you or do you think that you should have been like if you actually watched our games and you had a brain you knew we were gonna like <laughs> smash these guys I mean, I think people thought, if you see Movistar, they say, okay, this team, if go LEC, they, they can do the same, no? They can play the same. Yeah. I believe if Movistar play the LEC, the same roster this year, we will do, like, similar. Yeah. I, I think our team 
it's it's the same. It's not like I play into better players. You can play like this, no? Yeah. So I think people think that Irreal versus LEC mm -hmm. is harder than, than it is. And I think it's most likely about confidence and, and how you manage mentally to yeah. be here. I think if you have this, the the gap between the leagues, I don't think it's that hard when you're in the top of Irreal. So it's not just so in, in what you're referencing here is that it's it's not just that Mavi Star lineup that could have done well. A lot of ERL teams, if they can overcome that mental gap, can do well. Do you think we should look at it as there being a much smaller gap? Because I think when we talk about it, usually we're like, there's a pretty decent gap yeah, there. Exactly. Do you think that's bullshit? Like, do you think that like the ERLs are actually way closer than to LEC? Or like, let's say the top ERLs, the, the, the top teams are closer to the LEC? Depend on the team, no? Because obviously playing to G2 is not the same than play into Fnatic, no? That yeah. is first and the second, no? I think the gap is pretty huge comparing to these teams. But I think top ERL teams can do it fine in LEC, no? For example, I think uh, Movistar could do it pretty well in, in LEC. I think we could at least... It's, it's just random info, no? And my thoughts. But I think we could be like top five, top four uh, last year. Mm. Obviously, is you don't know, no? You at don't the, know for sure, right? At yeah. At the end, but it's three players are top four, and Isma is top three, no? So yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's it's important to figure it out because I think that we're always kind of a step behind when it comes to ERLs because our main focus is LEC. We obviously get all of EMEA Masters, and then when we find out you guys are coming and we watch a lot of your your games from earlier in the season. But our understanding of the gap between leagues is always a bit shaky because it's almost always based on how players that come up immediately perform in the league. And so, yeah, I'm, I, now I think that what your team has essentially almost single-handedly forced us to do based on how you started. And there have been many teams that have been like more rookie lineups that have come up and certainly you came up and you popped off, right? And mm -hmm. it's a similar story even for Razzrock on Misfits. He had some, some six splits, but like never in recent memory have we had an entire team of rookies in this ERL system or, or mostly rookies and again you know also mm -hmm. a veteran jungler who's led you to victory as the <laughs> narratives would tell us <laughs> um, so I think it's going to force me at least to kind of reevaluate how we rate teams coming out of ERLs and maybe stop looking at it as such a debuff or assume that there's such a debuff when it comes to playing on the yeah. LEC stage because I was one of those people that was like this aggro shit bro I see this every year because I see it when like Teams from Brazil come to play in play-ins, you know? No, no flame Brazil. Um, <laughs> mostly because I'm scared of you, not because your teams are great. Um, <laughs> but, like, they'll have a team that's, like, really good at macro, but then you're like, but you're really good at macro in the CB law, bro. Yeah. Like, you're not yeah. really good at macro when you're getting lane checked immediately coming on stage. So when you guys were aggro, I was like, I love that. That's my preference. I would always rather see an aggro team than a, a macro team coming in, right? But that rarely translates. So I still am just blown away that you came in, you 2v2 kill people, you dive people, you pick fiddlesticks top, <laughs> you do weird shit, all, you take risks in draft. I was like, this is what they dream about. Yeah. Like you gotta understand from a narrative writing perspective for the script writers of LEC, like the rookies coming in, reinventing the league, like they're salivating every week. They're like, oh my God, look at this team. It's a, it's a bounty. You brought Ebi with you too. You know yeah. what I mean? It's just like, it's like the LEC dream. I don't wanna hype you up too much here, but it's like, damn, there's like infinite content potential. And I hope that like, I don't know about you, Rob, I kind of hope that this mentality and the, um, the credit that was given you to bring up this whole Star lineup continues with other teams but the other big thing is the drafts yeah been sick i think the my biggest worry for you guys is because of how aggressive you play if it went badly 
it was just going to like all confidence is just shot and then we just get nothing from you for a while. Uh, so I'm really glad that we got to see that. Well, one, it was successful immediately against like heretics and stuff where you smashed them. Um, but two, it was like that we get to continue to see just your own individual skills. Absolutely amazing. And then as you say, the drafts are sick. But I think it's kind of the biggest question for me with the drafts is kind of like, because you've seen the video with Caps where he picks Vane, right? And he's like, just trust. It's going to be fine. Like, this will all work out. Like, there definitely seems to be more of a game plan when it comes to your, like, fiddlesticks tops or the Varus tops, whatever it might be. But is there that moment in draft where Mirroring just goes, lock me in, random shit, one. <laughs> we'll see if this works. Or is there more of like a, hey, this is yeah, what is that? What is actually the what process? Is that process? So, I mean, I would say our coaches the main psycho actually like he likes <laughs> to do these kind of things in draft so yeah. it comes from before like in which either the coach tells him play this or it's like he he tells him i want to play this they talk and they sit on how they can draft it together or make i mean yeah the player just tells him what he wants to play as a matchup and mirwin really likes these counter picks or really weird counter picks and yeah. then he always finds a good draft with it so yeah, I think we are both like they are both really lucky to be together because they yeah, they, they, love do, really they well. both love doing this thing. But yeah. what's that like for you guys? Is it like yeah? A, what are you? Yeah, hey, you're you feel, fiddlesticks you're, top here. And you're you're like, locking in oh, nocturne fiddle. Like you're being, you're both being affected by this. You're both playing in a game with fiddle top, and clearly the coach and your top lane are having a great time together. Like, how does that feel for you guys? I enjoy it. I like having this kind of picks. Like same for the Ivern Barus. You know, it's yeah. like, I like it. I just feel bad for the enemy ABC. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's the same. When when we pick these things, I just think what what I would think if I was enemy. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. I mean, you made it work, which is like kind of the big thing, right? And you continue to make it work. Do you do you feel like if are you guys ever gonna have to become the team? Like, let's say you started like, oh four, oh five. Do you think you guys would become the team that's like now we have to draft safe picks? meta picks whatever the lck is playing no i don't think we would draft that but i think if that's the case maybe we would draft let's say front to back easy easy comps easy that comps. are just easier yeah. you know because sure i mean it's fun to see the feed and nocturne and i don't think it's even harder but it's something we haven't practiced as much sure and it, like it's got clear clear weaknesses which we yeah, saw yeah. Giannis like figured it out at some point they just had a million blue trinkets and they were like wait a second as long as we see fiddle this comp doesn't like it kind of it's harder to execute you guys I, got something i think we missed i think that day we, we were really off like i think if if only we played like a bit like with hands like, like this game was instant <laughs> like we were just not engaging we were having nocturne fiddle within the single engage it, it felt really like yeah, yeah we were really discoordinated this game and that's why we lost i don't think they figured this out or anything i think Actually, I think our biggest enemy is, is, is ourselves and like in a big, big uh, way, you know, it's like, yeah, we have really ups and downs in which there is games that we don't show up and there is other games in which we just don't give the enemy much chance to play. So yeah. I would say that in our case, we are really our biggest enemies. Do you feel like that's, again, mental perspective, it sounds like super, you've got this on lock these days. You got your podcast, you're ready to go. <laughs> so is it more just like, obviously your early, your early game feels super rehearsed. It feels like everyone knows what they're doing in early games. You guys are great at skirmishes. Is it just when you get to the mid game or when the game state becomes more complicated that you guys kind of like lose the plot? What is actually going wrong in those in those scenarios where you're not able to find those engages i think it depends but sometimes it's we don't come to the game as mentally prepared as we should like uh, other times we are just having a bad game and then that translates into we are not so confident in this game that we are not pulling off the engage we are not we don't know how to do this thing exactly and then we are like having doubts it's 
I would say it's really minor mistakes that are making us look way worse than we, what we really are. And but mostly, I would say it's mid game is where the part where we lag the most right now. Yeah, it seems like that's a problem that a lot of teams are trying to solve, and I think it, it kind of always has been the case in competitive League of Legends and certainly in the LEC because it's like you're only ever scrimming early game, really, right? Like, it's really hard to create good mid-game practice because it's like, what, are you both just going to fake it and not hit each other until, like, 15 minutes? Like, no, right? It just isn't how the game is played. So I think, like, G2 are focusing on it as well. It's interesting to hear that you guys are focusing on it because I do feel like that's whenever you watch, and you might have felt this too at at MSI, right? It's just like you guys played T1 so many times, right? Where And, like, that, you had that sick Lee Sin game, and we were like... They're gonna do it. And then like 18 minutes rolled around and we're like, they are not gonna do it. What the <laughs> hell just happened? Um, talking internationally very briefly, um, as it's, it's a bit of a tangent here. It's just like, do you feel like that's one of the big things that separates, I don't want to say the West, let's just say like European teams or teams that you played on internationally from LCK or LPL teams is mid-game. Does mid-game need to be like almost like a region-wide focus? I mean, I think mid-game is a big thing, but I wouldn't say it's the biggest. I think teamfight is the biggest one, that it just comes to a point that it doesn't matter that we are 5k gold ahead, that they just teamfight better than us and we lose the fight because they know how, what to do with their champs. They know how to fight around the terrain. Like, they have, they are way more conscious about the fight they are taking than us. So yeah. then they just sweep us because they have this guy in the flank and we don't have this guy in the flank. So the teamfight is going to look much easier for them than it is for us because we are not actively thinking how to fight them, where to fight them, and all of these things that yeah. they are. So I would say that that's the biggest uh, difference between Eastern and Western. Yeah, that's kind of a scary thought because I think that like League, unlike a game like Valorant or whatever, like snowballing is like a core mechanic, right? And the idea that there are teams in the world or, or entire regions, at least from the representatives they say internationally, not every Korean team is fantastic. There's obviously some ones that are struggling. Um, that like you can just make that 5k gold lead disappear by yeah. playing good enough right like yeah. that's that's a that's like almost unimaginable for most matchups in our league right like outside of like g2 right when they're at playing at peak it's pretty hard to think of a team who's going to beat a 5k gold lead at the, at the stage in the game that we're talking about when we're talking about like your match versus skt right like that's most of our teams cannot do that so yeah. it's that's a spooky thought the last thing before we go further Supo, because this is this is it got leaked. I guess is how it happened. I have been led to believe that there is a clause in your contract that you get like a fat stack of cash if you win worlds. Like, what is that true? You know, I don't need all the details, and you can obviously we can, you can gloss over this if you don't want to talk about it. But like, you're just are you this this is your this is what you've decided? You're just manifesting worlds victory via contract now. <laughs> I mean, when. When we were talking about the contract, obviously, and my agent told me we can do this. I, I, I didn't know you could do this, and he told me yeah, and and they like it, so we just went on it. No, I think uh, when you compete, like you need to go for the for be the best. No, and for me, I want to win worlds. I want to be the best. So it's like was I didn't need to think a lot about this. It's just I want to win the boss. I to win the worlds, be the best. So. I can get this. Thank you. Damn. I like, I like it because it's like literally putting your money where your mouth is. Like any pro player can come onto the podcast and say, you know, we're going to win worlds, right? And I think that's a good mentality to have. Like you, that's obviously what everyone is shooting for in the same way like every caster should want to cast a world finals. But to put some portion of your income in whatever way into that is crazy. And that's a commitment. And I'm just saying I like it. I like that attitude. I respect that you're like, you're you're coming out here. You're saying this is, a, this is what I do. This is what I am. And you're backing it up and... In every way you can, at least. I think it's important, no? Like, 
as I said, you need to think you will do it. It's not only, okay, I want to win it, but it's hard, you know, maybe I lose into Fnatic. No, you need to think I will be champion the 18th of February and I will go MSI. You need to think like that. If not, I think it's impossible. You need to be arrogant, I think. Damn, bro, you know the schedule better than I do. It's 18th of February. Damn, bro. Valentine's Day, win finals. That's the schedule right now. You got it unlocked. I, thi I think he's I got his other date already planned. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even see. I mean, thinking about that, I think I didn't show. I mean, let me see. Uh, one, that, one guy that is the best in his sport mm -hmm. being humble or being, okay, maybe I lose. I think when they are the best, they just think, I will win no matter what. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because I think Faker is like, Faker is so humble in every interview and he's obviously the one that everyone's going to point at. But I, I don't know what the difference is between how he thinks and like and what, what he, he says. Because I feel like he's polite, he's respectful, and I get that. I think that's an angle a lot of pro players take that they're all just, you know, the second that there's a camera on, you're going to be humble because, yeah, you don't want to invite, not everybody wants to invite the level of scrutiny that like you're probably going to invite by saying look i'm going to win worlds or look i'm i'm the best and i know i'm the best and i'm better than deft which was a bold statement <laughs> to come back and I'm, i respect it you know and i want i want i hope you have the opportunity to prove it but yeah obviously i think for a lot of pro players even if i know there are a lot that think differently but are still going to go in an interview and say i respect my opponents i think that they are good because it's just an easier way to be so <laughs> we'll see um let's bring up the playoffs bracket phil let's start to talk a little bit of the matchups ahead of you we've talked a lot about you guys um two sides of the bracket g2 giant x mad lions koi fanatic then there's the other side with bds team heretics sk and vitality you guys obviously playing fanatic first round how do you feel about the matchup what are your thoughts what do you think that fanatic have done well what do you think that you guys have can do better like where's your head at when it comes to this is the matchup that's hardest to talk about so keep as much under wraps as you want It'll be easier when we talk about the other teams. But how are you guys feeling about the matchup? What are your thoughts? I feel really confident. I think, yeah, we already beat them with me playing bad. So I think we are just going to sweep them or it should be a 2-0. So I'm really confident that we're going to beat them. Yeah. How do you feel about the bottling, Matt? Yeah, oh, I see a grin. I see a grin. Yeah. <laughs> well, is this your moment? Is this the moment where you're like, <laughs> I respect them? What do you, what do you, what do you think? <laughs> I mean, I think it's a, it's a good match. I believe. For me, it's the second best team in the league, the harder. Uh, I think they are not super consistent. They are having problems that I think similar for how I see the two Wolves problem, um, the LEC finals from yeah. September. So I'm pretty confident myself. I, I mean, how I see this just... I, I was checking yesterday my matches to see how it's going on because uh, I wanted to to play well from the beginning this year. And mm -hmm. I checked that I didn't lose a single match that I played well, or I believe I played well. So I just need to play well, no? So <laughs> to win. Because I, we, didn't, we didn't lose a single match that I played uh, well from, what I, from my expectations. So yeah. play well and there is no way we lose. I like it. It's very... Um... <laughs> I respect your mentality, but it's like hard to deconstruct that. You're like, if yeah. I just play better, we win. You know? yeah. It's like, I'm like, if he, I don't know if I have a follow-up because yeah. you're right, but yeah. also, yeah. okay, you know? Yeah, if I am the best, I'm just the best. That's how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like all the stuff. This is funny for me, but all the stuff say, coordination, do these guys, play fights like that. Like that. And in my brain, I'm like, just play well. What the f <laughs> 
if you think you are confident you will play well you will do everything you need to win you don't need to think more when they uh talk about getting good at anything people talk about like the mastery curve and i'm i I don't know if you've heard of it so i'll explain it briefly and i'm just curious where you think that you are on it so there's like when you start anything you're unconsciously bad so you're bad but you don't know why and then you get to the next step is you you're bad and you know why um you're, the next one is you're good and you know why. And the last one is you're good and you don't have to think about it. It's just like effortless. Like where do you see yourself in the context of League of Legends? Like are you still very conscious about all of the little things, thinking, focused on trying to improve? Or at this point, does improvement just feel like natural? Like you just know. You just know already, oh, I already made a mistake. It's fine. It's, it's whatever. I mean, it was a hard process because I, as I said, my, I, I was having confident problem during all my career. Mm-hmm. So right now I think... I'm good, I know why I'm good, and I know how much I need to improve mm-hmm. to be the best. And I see a lot of things every day. I see a lot of uh, mistakes I do uh, during routine, during uh, I play but one solo queue, or I, I'm not playing focus 10 minutes or a solo queue. So, like, I know I'm good. Like, I did more, more work than the rest. So, I'm not the best, but even if I'm the best, like, you see 1,000 things you can improve. So, I'm mm-hmm. in the point that I think is. A, prof- a professional should be like yeah always always you, looking at why you have confidence and you see how much you need to improve and you are not being being a, you know that <laughs> you think you are good so you don't you don't worry that i i mean it's how i feel you know but in yeah, europe yeah. there is a lot of pro players like yeah. this no and i think this is a big problem of europe so i will just keep going you know if yeah. if i lose to fanatic i won't lose my confidence you know i i will be there it's just Time, work. You'll be there no matter what uh, I got you. <laughs> and you know, we, we work more than more than or 12 hours per day. So Yeah. I was nervous when we started this podcast because you were like, you were pretty reserved when you came in. We're chatting with you. Obviously, we've had a lot of time to work with Oyoya. And we're just going. You're just going, man. I thought it was so respect. You were, you were, you were, I, I'm impressed, man. You, you know exactly what you, where you're at, where you want to be. Um, yeah, I'm excited for the, for the Mad Lions going, Rob, uh, matchup, Rob. I don't know how you feel. Maybe we can share our thoughts quickly because obviously yeah. it's going to be harder for you guys to to go super in-depth on this particular matchup since you're there. Uh, I'm curious if Oscar gets out of just playing Cassante every game because I feel like Merwin's going to play some shit. Yeah. Mirwin, Mirwin, right? Yeah, yeah Mirwin. Sorry, I keep calling him Merwin. Mirwin yeah, uh, is going to play some stuff. Steve Irwin. Oh, my He's God. Yeah. Like, yeah. And no, I, I'm super excited for this. I yeah. feel like bot lane also edge yeah. goes to... I think I mean, mid-jungle yeah. is interesting. <laughs> like I think that's where like the matchup yeah. could be very contested. Yeah. I think you and Razor have a lot of back-and-forth games. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Humanoid on paper should be stronger. Yeah. But I feel like you guys are heavily favored in bot. And I'm not just saying that because you're here. I just think that Noah's had a pretty yeah. rough split. And you guys you keep 2v2 well killing them. people. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like, so... Yeah. I don't know. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. Um, I think, like... And look, I, I favor you guys coming into the matchup, which is very weird to say when Fnatic finished second, right? But I think... as as you're kind of alluding to, you're just off the back of a win. I think you did very well on the bot side of it and you should be able to win it. Um, one of the questions that I had for you, Super, was like, I think you're one of the best AD carries we have in the league of like what I refer to as like a kill switch, which is that moment of like, hey, I can just go in and like, I'll see my moment. I'll like, I remember the Lucian you were playing. It was like, you were like, I'm going to dash in. It was like a dragon fight. Mm-hmm. I was like, you literally went in, you got out with like a quarter of your HP left, but you knew that that was the moment where you could like turn that fight and do it. Um, is and seeing you kind of like go ham against like Fnatic as well and being able to find that like 2v3 moment as well is there like 
what is the communication for yourself like in that moment? Are you just like, give me the moment, give me the opportunity to go in and do this? Or is it like, uh, you just see the pattern, you're like, I'm just going. Like, there's just, you see what, you see the matrix in front of you. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> usually when I play well, like I have it so clear in my mind. I have a plan from, I mean, I'm a guy that needs to have a plan. Mm -hmm. For example, in the 2v3, I, I'll just say it. You need cover, I say, if they come to be three, I think we, we win it, don't, don't come, you know? So I'm in my brain, if he comes, I already have a plan. So it's just, you think the possible situations and, and you just let it go, you know? It's like the flow that, mm -hmm. that, that people call. It's just let it go, you know, if you misplay, it's, it's better you misplay and you learn that doesn't try. So just yeah. let it go. If, if you're something inside you tell you, you need to go, just yeah. go. If I you know, if I lose the fanatic game because I get caught uh, two times, to be honest, I won't be sad because it's, I will learn. I know I need to play different. Next game, I will do better, no? If I don't try, I won't understand. Yeah. So yeah. it's just let it go, no? Yeah. yeah. And now Fnatic has learned not to go bot lane, so it's worked out. <laughs> well, well, yeah, we'll see. I feel like I feel like setting a tent up around bot lane still remains the yeah, prevalent will, meta yeah. strategy. We'll see. I think we're on the side of Mad Lion. I mean, I know what you guys are going to predict, yeah. so we won't even ask. I think I, I'm also on the side. But it is strange. Fnatic right? are inconsistent, though, is what yeah. I'm saying. Sometimes they show up and they play really great games. And so while I favor you guys, I think the frustrating thing about Fnatic, and I feel this a lot of the times about G2 as well, is that sometimes they'll just show up and shit the bed, and sometimes they'll show up and they'll play yeah. really, really well together. I do agree though. I think the heavy lifting has to be done by like Razork and Humanoid. Because yep. I think it was like Razork's done like 34% of the team's damage on average or like nearly You mean that. Humanoid, Humanoid, yeah. yeah. Some of that's uh, like sorry, inflated humanoid, by yeah. Corky, but definitely it's concerning that it's that consistently high. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's like, yeah, mid-jungle, if they can get a lead and Humanoid pops off on Azir or something like that, then maybe. But the game definitely gets harder for yeah. you guys. Yeah. Yeah, let's go to our next matchup. I would love to hear what you guys think about this one. G2 versus Giant X. You'll be facing the winner of this one obviously an easy g2 prediction i think it's safe to say <laughs> boys i don't know if anyone feels like jumping out of the box here is there anything that like when we talk about giant x right kind of barely scraped over the finish line um what do you think about this team what do you think that they're good at what are they bad at and if is there like something they can do to beat g2 like if you're a giant x right now if you're the coaching staff is there anything that like you'd be like let's do this or let's play this to kind yeah. of shut them down i mean i was surprised by because i think they were playing much better in scrims that they have shown up in stage. I thought they would do much better than they are doing. So I was surprised and I think they have chances. Like they play really well together, Giant X. I think it's their strength and their weakness that if you are not solid in mid game or you don't have a plan in mid game, they will run you because they are playing all the time five together mm -hmm. and they will look for peaks. They will look for the, the these people that is coordinated. Like they will look to catch you a lot. And I think that's what they do the best. And I would say that... Uh, G2 doesn't have that problem so much, so they might struggle against that, but they for sure have a chance. Yeah. How did you feel playing against the bot lane of Patrick and Ignar? They had some pretty good games from what I saw. I don't remember. I was, I'll be honest, I was kind of distracted by the Fiddlesticks um, <laughs> Nocturne when you guys played against each other. I wasn't really looking at you in the bottom lane as much. I'm not sure how you felt about that 2v2. Mm. I mean, I, I, I'm a bit like a judge. I think in Scream they play better, but... I mean, I don't, uh, how to say, like, I don't feel like they have uh, so clear how to, how to play, how to yeah. snowball. I don't, I don't feel they have that much plans in, in how they play the 2v2, let's say. I feel it only in 2g2 that they have more clear, more clear the things, no? So, yeah. 
I think it's, it's fine bottling. And I said, if you don't have clear the things, they can punish you. I think G2 bottling kind of counter them in a, in a way. I think this kind of bottlings won't... Uh, in a best of three, don't won't work, I think. At, at least my opinion. Because I feel two different bottling, one bottling that have clear what they want to do, how is their playstyle, <laughs> and the other, other bottling is, I punish if you play bad, or at least I see it like that. Got it. So Patrick and Ignar often just like kind of waiting for, for mistakes or misplays rather than figuring out exactly like, let's say level three, we're doing this, this is how we win the lane, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I've, I feel like that is so simple way to play 2v2. Mm. And, and I don't like this. I think it's not enough. Yeah, I, I, I feel that and I can, I can get that. And I think that's something that we see. I think that's part of the reason why we see a lot of or used to see a lot of lane gaps um, is because I think that there was for a long time in Europe, especially like 2016, 2017, the best way to play the game was kind of waiting for your opponent to make a mistake. And there were such big disparities between teams in terms of like macro. That's why like that G2 roster took over forever. Yeah, they were great players. Don't get me wrong. Like you had uh, Perks and Trick who were just like better than most other people in the role um, other than like Yankos and a couple other people at the time. But it's like, yeah, they just they just danced on you. Like the game was so slow back then, and I feel like a lot of people just got used to that playstyle over the years. But no, we remember Uzi contest every creep. You walk up, you try to auto. I you, you do not get to auto for free. So I like to hear that proactive play. Uh, and it's and it doesn't surprise me that G two are a team that do that. Knowing Mickey, knowing Hans, obviously always wanting to push the matchup. I hope that Patrick and Ignar can grow into that. But Rob, I. Ever since we saw, like, the, the, the Giant X ARAM meta doesn't inspire yeah. confidence. Because it is, you guys called it out, but it's like every, every game at, like, 18 minutes, they're just grouped as five. Yeah. They Little keep going this, like, ball. double TP play, where it's just, like, they'll push outside, and then immediately both side lane, or both mid and top just TP to mid, and they just try and catch someone. And they got a week one, I think it was, like, day one they got it, or day two. And they tried again day three, and then teams kind of just were like, oh, we just learned to respect this, and then it never really happened, so... Um, I'm curious if they can make it work, but I think it's almost like, I don't know, for me, it feels like they're scared to try and play it like, oh, Jackie's push sides, because it's like they don't feel confident enough to be like they can sync up waves properly. And I think that's where G2 are going to punish you the most, where yeah. it's like if you make that one slip up or you don't get control over side lane properly, suddenly yikes there with caps and you're just like, oh, well, yeah. we're screwed. And I was impressed with Jackie's Nico games at the start of yeah. the season. I thought he did pretty well. Um but a lot of the other ones have been rough. The Yone games have been kind of rough this year. Like, there's been a lot of really difficult games for him. I don't know what your guys' read is on Jackie's. He's obviously a guy who kind of came out of nowhere. So we don't, you don't, a lot of people aren't going to have the, like, the history of playing against him, right? Because he was playing, like, hit point masters in, in, in the Czech League. But, like, what was your guys' read playing against Giant X? How did you guys feel about Jackie's? Because obviously, he's a, a really interesting pickup for, for Giant X just because, again, yeah, he came out of nowhere. Yeah, I didn't know who he was, and the first scrims actually he surprised me quite well. Like, I think it was he was good. Like he was doing well. What he needed to do mostly on his Nico again. Like I think he was really popping off on this champ, and I was surprised. I think he, he did things pretty well. Yeah, I, I think he. I I know him at least. Like from no, Sorogi, I know he's he was pretty talent. He has a uh, good mechanics. So I think. The biggest surprise is he's pretty confident. I don't think he choked he, or he's scared about make mistakes. So sure, yeah. for me, it's a, it's a good surprise. Not gonna lie. I expect him, he will do worse. So I'm really happy for him because he looks with the balls to do it, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he 
the Yona game especially, the man is yeah. going every time. He's fishing for the 1v1. And most of them didn't go great. Like he's just getting sidestepped by Niski every single time. But he kept going, which I guess maybe should is a better way to look at it if you're looking at Excel growing over the year rather than immediate results. Is like at least he's doing it. Because there's a lot of new talent and old talent alike who just never go for the the risky play. Um <laughs> Rest in peace, Rogue. Uh, <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. We were going to have time to talk about Rogue and K-Corp, but they're, they're gone, and I want to focus on the teams ahead of us. So just the subtle dig there. Sorry, Larson. Um, so, yeah, uh, we'll see how he kind of develops as well. BDS Team Heretics is the next matchup. You guys are obviously going to play the victor of G2 Giant X, and I want to talk to you more about, like, the G2 matchup, but it's there's other, there's other games to talk about. So we'll get to that one when we get to that one next week. So, yeah, BDS Team Heretics, again, I think pretty easy to favor bds here they're consistent they team fight well team heretics are a bit all over the place we've seen great perks games we've seen bad perks games we've seen good flacked kaiser lanes we've seen bad flacked kaiser lanes i don't know yeah i kind of want to like ask you guys for your take on heretics because it feels like obviously you stomped them (laughs) it didn't go quite well for them in the early stages but that was the moment we knew the tier list was wrong (laughs) it does work in lec no (laughs) but um I feel like they can have like slow but decent early games where they kind of have a game plan as to how they want to operate. And then it looks decent at times when they get to the mid game. But then it just feels like one person is caught out when they're trying to set up an objective or they're trying to like get set up on a side lane property. So what is your read on when you look at Heretics? Do you go, oh yeah, this is a team that could be good? Or do you think it's, well, not to play into the meme, but it's a team where it's like, look, they're washed. They don't really, they'll always just kind of sit where they are at the moment. Yeah, I don't think... I think this one is pretty favored for BDS. I honestly don't see many things Heretics can do to beat them. I think they are just worse worse Mm -hmm. at pretty much every stage of the game. So, yeah, I think BDS will take this one really easily. And again, I'm not... I I would actually want Heretics to win because they have flak, they have these people that I like more, but yeah, I don't think they can. I I think it's going to be a BDS (laughs) 2-0. (laughs) <laughs> i love the smile uh, you, every time answer, you yeah. smile before an answer i know that you have some something spicy you have some out, shit yeah. that you want to say and you're like i probably can't say that hold on give me a sec i'm i'm hater of heretic roster overall yeah I, I always say that for me this roster was top nine top eight i didn't like it from the beginning i think the roster doesn't have a player to play around that huh. I think this is a big problem. I think this player, when they were playing with G2, I think was Caps. Even Perk's ADC, I think, for me, Perk was always better ADC than mid. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm inclined to agree. It's like that that year he played, what, like Kaisa Zaya meta, he was the best ADC in our league, which was a yeah. crazy ass statement to make, right? I think he should stay ADC. <laughs> If, if for me if you hear me you can go back <laughs> <laughs> and and i don't and i don't like the roster i think they don't have a lane to play around that so i think this is a big problem and if you face bds that they have so clear what they want to do we want to play like this like this and and it will work it's like for me it's one team has so clear and the other one is mm, they they change every game how they play yeah. at least how i see it so for me it's like one-sided for videos yeah you've got one team who knows exactly what they want to do and another team who it, it does definitely feel like they're still figuring it out like yeah. they're not entirely sure how they want to play yeah i think it's also like it's a very strong form of bds like nuke looks absolutely insane shale looks like he's found his style again um yeah it just seems very very difficult to go up against bds right now because as you say very 
much want to go, hey, we play for team fights. We're really, really good at team fights. What the hell are you going to do? And I think Heretic's trying to set up for them. Just it's not their style. So, yeah, I'm kind of inclined to reach. I think it's just going to be a BDS win. Especially as we get the best of three, right? That consistency matters. Like, you can't just be the team that throws random stuff out or tries shit on stage. Like, you really need to know what you're doing. That said, please keep throwing random things out because <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a banger to cast. From a selfish <laughs> casting standpoint, very, very hype, very entertaining. Um, yeah, I don't know if there's a lot more to say on that matchup. I think we just mosey yeah. along. Uh, yeah, a lot of these feel a little bit one-sided. This next one may be a bit more contentious. SK versus Vitality. Who's your guys' favorite? Who would you predict in this matchup? Mm. Mm, Maybe Vitality, actually. The grin from Supa. What is going on <laughs> no, in that no. brain, bro? <laughs> I'm always curious. Um, vitality? Why Vitality? I think vitality has been playing. They have been scaling. Like from week one to week three, they've been playing better. Yeah. Um, honestly, SK, I don't think they play that well together even though we lost to them and all of this, but mm -hmm. I really don't think they play that well together. So I actually think that with this extra week and the scouting, I think Vitality will win, but... What what part of Vitality's gameplay do you think is scaled? Like, what, what do you, when you say that they've scaled up, what I are you looking Viteo at? I think Viteo is in a good spot. The, this team looks much scarier than when he's not. Like, I think they make things really easy, which, like, they know they want the, the Maokai, mm -hmm. like, they want these kind of things. So... Yeah, I think that they're going to be better than SK. But I don't think... It's, it, this one, I think, is really contested. Like, I think it's going to be a 2-1 yeah. for both teams. It can go. Yeah. Mm, I'm kind of agree. I think it's 50-50, but I will go with SK because I want Isma to win. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think that's fair. I think it will be in the bowling. For me, like, how I see this, I think Vitality, when they don't win bowling, they have more problems that when they don't when they lose it mm -hmm. so i think will be depend on the bowling on the shape i think when sk is kind of as well to have a strong bot size or like let those leave bowling to roam and play with the jungler so i mm -hmm. think is for me will be in the bowling how i see it yeah is who, the bowling who plays better and make the lead make the have the pressure will have a advantage yeah, and so you say it's 50-50. You feel like that balling can just go either way, or mm -hmm. is there anyone in your head that you feel like you sh you expect I, to just play better on the day? I would say 50-50, I think, is depending on the day. I think sure. uh, SK balling started stronger, then now they are playing a, a bit worse, Vitality is similar. worse, it's, yeah, getting I a think little better. It's depend Who has the day will win it, I think. As a as a as a botling enthusiast, <laughs> how do you feel about Hillisang as a player? I'm curious, and I'm not trying to like I'm not trying to start shit here. I'm just curious because I like to me he's obviously a player who's always trying to make things happen, and he has games where he looks like a genius, and he has games where he's like oh nine right, and like you kind of get both extremes. So as a new as new new eighty carry coming into the league, I'm curious like what you what how you see his play style. I mean, as a player, you know, I think we we will we can't play together. I think we, we will never play together because I I don't like how the, how he plays and yeah. probably he doesn't like uh, what I play. He has his own play style. I respect. I think in the past it works because the levels the level was lower. I mm -hmm. think it was new his play style. You know he was a chaser. He he went to you to stop the bugs. Your tempo so hard. Yeah. And now you when Haley-san do this, you know you just trap him and you kill him. Yeah. You know so. I respect, but I, I don't like. Yeah. I think uh, before was better. 
Yeah. Now I I don't think he's in the top level that he was before. Yeah, I do. I will say that like the his signature move of walking up to ignite to stop your recall and mess up tempo is something that I feel like is in every supports toolkit now. Like every support mm-hmm. is aware when they can do that or when they can risk doing that without like giving up their life. And so I do. I wonder if there's another evolution of Hillisang coming where he's going to show us something new and something crazy. Not to like discount because again he still had some really great games, yeah. but mm-hmm. a lot of the things that he he alone used to do are much more common now. Like. Uh, aggressive trying to aggressively trade flash as a melee support versus range support like early on in the lane is like way more common whereas mm-hmm. back in the day like people just wouldn't fish for summoner spell like even summoner spell trades knowing that they could find a kill later right there's so many things that he used to be the only person to do that are super common now yeah i kind of agree and i think even the kind of weird roam timings that he have and stuff as well is kind of getting figured out like teams are spotting him on these plays so yeah I'm hoping that we do get another, as you say, evolution for Hilly. Mm. But um, looking back at the matchup, I think it's, yeah, I'm kind of on the 50-50 as well. I think SK are like super reliant on having these like pushing lanes where they're like, okay, we can get DOS out of bot lane, work with Isma, like start to roam around the map and make things happen. I, yeah. Um, and I think teams have gotten better at seeing I, that and shutting it down. So I'm curious about Vitality actually draft coming into this to try and go against it. I'm, I'm, I feel like Irrelevant is doing so much work on this team. I feel like that guy is eating pressure all the time. I feel like he makes the rest of the game so easy because he just, he'll eat two, three ganks. Yeah, the most beast. Uh, it, you know, and credit to, credit to him, but I but I worry what it looks like. Um, again, wacky draft in the KC game from SK with the, yeah. the Aatrox and the Rumble just looked absolutely unplayable. But the second, like, he was behind, the rest of the map looked so much harder for SK. And that's a single game sample size, but the inverse of that is like the Lucian Nami game where they're able to win. Lushinami's played that entire game pressure-free because enemy jungler's living top, right? And it's like, uh, if Exca and Dosh are playing well, I think they're a good bot lane. Like you said, I think it's just a really close bot lane matchup. But if if Irrelevant isn't set up for success, and I don't know what success looks like. Maybe it's just Renekton and absorbing pressure. I'm not sure what that looks like. I feel like this team struggles a lot more. And uh, yeah, so I'm really curious how, how they're going to solve that and how they're going to make that work. Because I think people are becoming more and more aware of, of how much Irrelevant does for SK. I don't know what your guys' read on him is. I feel like he's playing super well as far as top laners go. Um, do you guys, what do you think of that? Like me saying that he's super crucial to SK's game plan. Is that fair? Or do you think I'm like reaching no, a little I bit agree. there? I think he's actually a big part of uh, their gameplay. Like I would say that when he's having a good game, SK looks much more scary than when he's having a mediocre or bad game. Hmm. Mm-hmm. You agree, no? Yeah, I think he's been the game changer player of the team. Yeah. And I think when... Uh, when Isma and Dos are playing better mm-hmm. and coordinated, and they have, I think the draft is really important in their team. Yeah. I think when they have Renekton, it's worse when they have Jax or other, or other better meta champs. Yeah. Or champs like uh, Dos and Isma can coordinate better. So I think the draft will be really important as well. I yeah. think SK is easiest, easier to draft into them because the champion pool they have. Yeah, they're, and also their draft priorities, to me, always felt a little bit weird. Like, it felt like they never wanted to take the the easy option in some of those games. Like, I don't know how you feel about Lucian or Lucian plus. I hate that shit. I talk about it every podcast. <laughs> I'm so tired of this champion. And I have no doubt that given your amount of self-faith that you're going to tell me that you could make it work. But I'm just like, I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, it just looks like such a resource investment to make that champion good and it's like so hard to actually get that payoff if the entire team isn't 
setting up and playing well and like making sure the Lucian can do what the Lucian wants to do. And Rob Hyde earlier, you already had some good fights on it. Like they're clearly good windows, but the amount of times we see someone draft Lucian and then just slowly lose the game is well, 90% of the game's Lucian is yeah. in. How do you feel about Lucian actually while I'm here? Well, I've got, well, I've got know, an expert. But you know the answer why you ask I, like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I know. I mean, I, he's going to say I'm great at it and I they th- all are. <laughs> okay, no, don't. I, I don't believe he's my best champ, obviously. I think the champion is the most broken ADC in the meta, but you need to be really good. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone in Europe can play it good. Yeah. So I think as you, it's a waste of time. Pick it. You know, maybe I, I'm lying, you know, and I go fanatic. Ooh, first okay. Thing. All right. All right. Uh, but I think in Korea you can see like I don't know. I see Viper uh, picking Lucian. It's not the ch- no, it's not the same champ. Is if an ADC usually you have Saya failures. You need to wait fights. You need to set up. With Lucian, you just set up, you don't fight, you can play Agro in laning phase. You have 1,000 windows more than the rest of ADC. So mm-hmm. if you are a good ADC, you actually can make it uh, be a game changer champion. Yeah. But I think the thing is, when you say 1,000 windows, there's also 1,000 more things, opportunities to miss, 1,000 <laughs> more opportunities to fuck it up. Yes. But like, yeah, yeah. And I think that that's the, we'll see. I feel like you've been hated on Lucian, but this is a long time thing for me. This campaign <laughs> against Lucian. I hope that people can figure it out. To me, it's the same as like, uh, you know, LPL top laners where it's like, why are they able to play Fiora? And it's like, well, they're one, they're exceptionally good at Fiora. And two, like the whole team is ready to make yeah, that shit happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? And Lucian is not a bot lane pick. Lucian is a team pick. Yeah, like everyone needs to be aligned on what you're getting out of that whereas i feel like aphelios and zyre are just like no-brainers right yeah. not that they don't take skill just that they're like they are they're guaranteed to do more yeah, as a baseline full front to back it's much easier to play around like on the lucian you need to be ready for, for when he jumps in you need to cut certain spells so he doesn't get hit like i agree it's much harder because yeah. he's playing way more frontline or aggressive so he also puts you on the test of like following up what he's doing like always having an eye on him yeah. all the ready carries is just wait for the thing fight to happen and out of that yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll see if anyone wants to wants to bring it out what they can do. Um it is time. So, for the bracket, let me get quick predictions actually while we're while we have you here. We're not going to go into depth, uh but Phil, if you could bring up the bracket really quick. Since you're here, quick predictions. Mad Alliance Koi obviously beating Fnatic in your guys' eyes. You already said G2 beating Giant X. Yeah. I, are you beating G2 this round? Next yes. round? You're beating G2 next round. Yes. Full confidence. What's the key? <laughs> the giggle. The giggle. What's the key to victory? Give me just like a like TLDR. Like what are, is it your bot lane's going to be better? Are you going to draft better? Are you going to outthink them? Mid game. I think mid game because last time we already had like 5k gold lead, 4k gold lead. It's just mid game we struggled. Yeah. I think if we have our own goals in the, like if we have our own goals, we are playing for what we want in game. Got we it. are going to beat them. If, again, we fall in their game, it's just we are going to lose, slowly lose. Is that fair? You know, I don't want you to go into too much detail. It's like a match like a week We, we will play better. We will play better. <laughs> there you go. That's all I needed to hear. All right. The other bracket, BDS getting through 50-50 on SK Vitality. Does BDS just beat whoever comes through yeah, no matter what? I think so. Yeah. All right. We'll see. What kind of... I'm, I'm aligned, I feel like, yeah. it's BDS. I feel like G2, sorry guys, probably beats you in mm-hmm. the next round. I think that's the safe bet. But I do want to see how you play against Fnatic because right. it's you're right that you did get that 4K gold lead, and I think it's harder to break G2 in mid game. Uh, it's really hard to break G2 in mid game. Like it really is hard to close a game against G2. If you do it, I'll owe you something. I it's don't know so what hard. it is, yeah. but because so that sick. slaps. If you guys can yeah. beat G2, beating G2 here and winning the uh, all of winter obviously is a different task. That's a team that when they're knocked down levels up, and I. But we'll see. 
Rob, thoughts, anything? Yeah, same idea. I mean, I'm super excited to see you guys go up against, well, all of your opposition, to be perfectly honest. But like, if being Fnatic could be sick coming up against G2, as you say, you had that early lead. So I think it's going to be super exciting to see you guys, as you say, like feel more confident in the mid game. It's obviously something you guys are clearly working on and getting what has already been an exceptional early game and then having that strength in the mid game as well is just going to make you guys unstoppable. So I like, I'm excited. And I think it's, I mean, we had you on the tier list lower down, but like you guys have completely destroyed all expectations and I'm only excited to see what the ceiling is for you guys. Cause it feels like it's so high. Yeah. We might end up in a BDS S tier situation again, where we're like, if you guys get like second, I feel like that's why we put BDS so low as well. It's like we were, we're burned by BDS and then I was like, all right, we'll put them low. And then, yeah. We'll, we'll never get it right. We're going to be it's fine. We always have our tiny biases <laughs> to show through. Um, on to community questions. Thanks to everyone who went on to X, Twitter, X, X, I guess is what we're supposed to call it. Um, and ask questions. There's a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff I can't ask, unsurprisingly. <laughs> Twitter friends, you know yeah. I can't ask those questions. It's going to get me in trouble. Um, so we'll, we're going to get some of the more wholesome ones. Uh, let's start off with an easy one. Fresh Cowie, Polish player. Lineup of, of you know, Spanish players. <laughs> how is like how's his spanish is he learning does he want to learn is that something that like is an expectation of him i know you guys are only using english to communicate communicate in game outside of i think what um mirwin said was you know like yeah, go let's on. let's Translate. go Translate. Do, you, do you know you can i mean he didn't want to say any of that stuff in the interview the podcast is a little bit more free is there anything that you say that's like what, what do you say when you win a team fight on your team what are there any phrases that come to mind <laughs> I will have to ask you later if we need to censor them because I am obviously not going to understand what they mean or maybe El Yoya can translate some of them. I mean, I think it's most likely Mirwin. <laughs> that is... And you can say, no, they suck my... <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You just stop there. I got you, I got yeah. you. And, and into Casey, I, I think I said something okay. disrespectful that I prefer not to say. That's fine, that's fine. A little, did it feel like a little like cathartic moment, like a little moment like a vengeance? I know it's not the full thing. I know it was in Kalis, but did it feel good to just be Casey in any context? I feel good, like it's most likely Montpellier. Yeah. You know, I, if you, you beat me when I was not in my best, yeah. And now this, that should be better roster. Yeah. Win is, feels so good. It's like the revenge. Hell yeah. Um, but how is his Spanish? Like, how is the, oh, you guys are communicating English in game. Do, is, is it hard to integrate him into any team things? Because I, I can imagine there's a lot of stuff that's like unique to growing up in Spain yeah. that you guys can joke about that like he doesn't have that experience with. It is. And you have to like explain it and it loses a bit of like the funny part. <laughs> yeah. It's like when you have to tell someone the joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. But I mean, it's not been a problem so far. I think like, He's also been living in Spain for like three years already, right? And he has been doing Duolingo for, I think, 100-something days in a row. So same as Supa has in his contract to win Worlds, he also... No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Learn Spanish, yeah. yeah. I think he, he's... Like, he's used to being around Spanish people, so he's actually... His Spanish is not bad, so yeah, I think it's it's no problem. That's good to hear. It's exciting. I, I think El Joya make it harder as well. He talk a lot in Spanish. <laughs> during games just for one but is it is it i mean it's probably really nice to you for like one of the first times in your career since you've joined lc to actually be able to speak spanish so much right so the thing is i'm not even conscious of when i'm doing it but then after the game i get called out of like oh you did this in spanish because it feels so natural to me that if i want to ask someone to like let's say alvaro like yeah, yeah. maybe my since i think in spanish my instant brain just says it as soon yeah, as it comes to mind you know yeah, yeah and then it's like uh what cooldowns you have and i ask this in spanish and then he's like, they they called me out and I was like, sure, if you say so, I don't, <laughs> I don't remember. In my yeah. head, I just said it. I don't even know what language it came out. I speak English all game, you know, so. Yeah. 
I get yeah. that. It's got to be hard though. Like if you speak in Spanish all day to like between each other and then you go into game, obviously your natural instinct is to start speaking in Spanish with everyone again. So it's obviously got to be tough to try and like swap brains essentially between game and out of game. Well, I thought it wasn't because I wasn't <laughs> conscious of me speaking in Spanish. So yeah, yeah, I guess it's harder than I thought. But I mean, I don't have much problems or I think I don't have much problem to when it comes to screams, just switching to English mode because it feels more natural. We have always screamed in English. But it seems like I have some sleep ups. <laughs> Dude, I mean, I get it. To be fair, some of the language stuff in League of Legends is so funny. I don't remember what Worlds interview it had, but we had uh, a Korean player who'd been playing in China, speaking Chinese in an interview to a Chinese person who had to translate it back into English and Korean. It was Scout, wasn't it? Wow. It might have been yeah. Scout. And it's just like, <laughs> I don't know, like at that point, I'm just like, I don't even know, man. Like. Yeah. I'm just a stupid American man. I speak like one. I speak like English and like half of German. Yeah, my only claim to fame. I mean, is, I'm Irish, but no one understands that. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's like the huge the Irish only, esports. The population. only good thing about Irish is that I get to talk shit about people when I'm on holidays, and no one understands me. <laughs> That's the extent of it. <laughs> yeah, it's solid. But I'm glad that he's like. I'm glad that he's working in impressive Duolingo streak. I love that. That's like. I love the clout associated with the Duolingo streak. I always think that's funny. Um, next question from. El Albino, Andres. Uh, what's so different about working with Melzet? Why do you guys like him? Why do you guys like working with him? Why do you consider him? He says the best coach to work with, but I don't know if you guys have said that in interviews. Yeah. So just like, why? what's different about this guy? I want to go to El Yoyo first because this is someone that you know. Like, what is, What's your impression of him? You've, you've worked with a couple different staffs. Yeah, I mean, I think he's just the best in Europe. I think the way he sees the game, like the plan he has on how to beat international teams, like everything that he does is to win like he's just obsessed with winning like he's yeah like he's a man i feel like he's the coach like he's just he's really obsessed with every, like with winning and what he can do to improve to make the team better like i think he just lives off by league of legends by coaching league of legends so yeah it, it's it's just uh, an insane difference like it's his life so yeah is it so it's just is it like the sheer level of dedication what does he bring as a coach because coach in league of legends is such a weird word because so many coaches do different things is it like is it is he like a game knowledge guy or is he like a structure and process kind of guy like what is his i mean his biggest strength is for sure gameplay like he just sees the game better than anyone else in europe literally but he's also been working really hard in the other aspects of the coaching like i think he does insanely well on like how to bring the team together on how to be more than a coach for you there you know like he tries to understand the, uh, the other players i mm -hmm. would say that he this is also like one of the aspects that he has to get better because yeah he gets angry a lot <laughs> 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 it's not so easy to approach when he's angry <laughs> but yeah i mean i think he yeah i think he's just the best yeah and you've you've had the pleasure of working with him for a little bit of time like what's what do you like about him what are the favorite things that you like about working with him is it similar to what elio has already said i mean first of all uh when i meet him is uh, i i see he want to win as much as i want or uh, i see it like this so i during when i was more rookie i was having the feeling hey i i want a team of hard workers uh and be for the same no and the first coach uh, I meet like this was him, so I just like fell in love. Then he started teaching me, so I see like a I I saw a pathing to go. So I just uh, really really like it. But uh, as you just said, he he teach you like individually. I mean, he teach me mentality individually, how to be with the teammates, the importance of everything. He tell me uh, learn this book, uh, learn like he he teach me about everything. 
uh, important for esports. You know, he has uh, obviously bad and good things, but I think he's a game changer coach from what we have because in Europe, usually I feel like the coach I, I meet is most likely or uh, they help you with the gameplay or they just want to make the group and he tried to do everything. That's an impressive feat to do. And I can see what you mean about like him dedicating his whole self because that's a lot. Like that's an insane amount of work, right? Like you have to be super committed to do that. And in my experience, you see analysts often in teams and those are the guys who have higher gameplay knowledge or see the game in a way a pro player doesn't and kind of like can pose questions and challenge pro players. And then you have coaches who are more often than not from talking to teams, structure and processes. This yeah. is how we build a good team environment. This is how we do X or Y. So it's kind of, it's crazy to hear that he is doing all of that and that you guys outside of maybe when he gets too angry or happy with all of those things because that's that's super rare i think i would say almost unheard of but i obviously from the west at least but yeah it's kind of crazy to me that this is this guy's from the way you're selling him to me now is an all-in-one package because like when you talk about your teammates you're obviously going to tell me they're great right <laughs> but when people talk about their coaches they they there's no, you'll tell me he's good at what he's good at, but you don't need to exaggerate to tell me he oh, yeah. can also fly. Like, but that doesn't come <laughs> up, right? You don't need to say he's also insane at gameplay if he's not. So the fact that you've you've gone over that to me is like, that's great. Now I want to meet this guy. Yeah. yeah. We, we should have got yeah. him on the podcast. Apparently he gets angry. That's what the people like. <laughs> <laughs> that's where we get the clickbait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there, is there anything in particular that like really sets him off? Is it like yeah. bad communication is it speaking spanish mid-game like no, what no, i think it's mostly when we don't play our game it's what triggers him most when we for whatever reason we are not playing how we know or we are just not we are afraid to, to do to engage we are afraid to do our mistakes that we usually do that's his biggest trigger that's like his yeah. zero to hundred when you don't use your potential that the, he thinks you have yeah Oh, that's intimidating. It's, it's kind of motivating. That's also time, intimidating, bro. This guy sounds like he's like an esports dad. Like you cannot let this man down. That's cool. Yeah. That's Just so you know, his favorite coach, or like I think the his model at the beginning was CB Max. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. cool and uh, like. Uh, <laughs> hmm. Mm -hmm. next question <laughs> i like what i have a lot of concerns about the cv max thing but it does put a lot of stuff into context but i will say that i'm glad to hear yeah. that your experience has been good <laughs> i'll leave it at that on the cv max front um there's a lot of questions about the tier list there's a lot of stuff etc i'm gonna i'm gonna mix in a question here because based on something from myself that you guys were talking about earlier you're a podcast aficionado oh, yeah. apparently you guys are listening to podcasts together is there any recommendations, Spanish or English, for the audience out there? Is there anything that you guys are like consistently engaging with that you're like really fired up about that you want to share with the audience before we sign off? Yeah, I mean, I have three fast podcasts that I uh, hear uh, close, like in the last two months. <laughs> uh, the first one in English is like David Goggins' podcast. Mm -hmm. I think it's pretty good uh, from Joe Rogan. Yep. And in Spanish, uh, like one about uh, Ferran Torres that is from Football Club Barcelona. Mm -hmm. You see his mindset from a guy that is, obviously he's in the top, no? Yeah. But that guy that mentally is weak, mm -hmm. you can see his chain, what uh, he, what worked for him. And then the, the Ilya Topuria, pod, you can see, uh, you, you put in YouTube and you have a lot. If it, this whole podcast are about mentally, that I believe in now that we go players, you win in mentally, not in gameplay. Like yeah. cap, I don't know, caps can be better than you individually. Yeah. But if mentally you are 10 times more confident, maybe your play works because this. Yeah, Caps is funny because he's such a unique player in terms of mental 
like obviously there was a bit of a some performance issues i think i was since last year if i remember correctly but other than the wise he's been untouchable and it's funny because there's a lot of players who i think are like really conscious of performance but he's just a guy who just like i think naturally enjoys the game and he's just a goofball right which is so weird it's it's like the exact opposite of you you're like focused you're like determined you're like i need to have this winner's mental and he's just laughing (laughs) the whole time you know what i mean like it's just it's kind of a crazy crazy contrast elio anything you'd like to add anything that you guys are fired up about yeah i think uh podcast that works really good for both of us is Mr. Ampidiguan, Mr. Tartaglia. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> what? Just <laughs> two, <laughs> it's just two connoisseurs of life. They will just teach you on how to escape the, ma- the Matrix. Oh, okay. We're yeah. all in the Matrix? Is yeah, that the, that's the, Matrix, the, uh, okay, cool. So, well, glad yeah. they have League of Legends in the Matrix, I guess. If that's... Yeah, I was just watching Super to see if that water just like struggling <laughs> <laughs> with it. I set you up to talk about it, but like, you, were, you, you wanted to keep it professional. I respect that. All right. I don't know if I'm going to understand anything, but I'll, I'll yeah. check those out. Well, one of them's obviously you mentioned the one in English, but we'll yeah, see. We'll just get the subtitles. Be right. Get the subtitles, yeah. fire it up, yeah. see how we can too can escape the Matrix. <laughs> um, Gentlemen, thank you again so much for coming on. Your game is going to be this Sunday. Sunday, right? (laughs) Sunday after the first birthday. That's true. I trust you. I forgot entirely. I I thought it was Saturday. Anyway, game starts Saturday (laughs) at 5 p.m. Central European time. Um, And yeah, you can watch these fine gentlemen play versus Fnatic on Saturday. Sunday, excuse me. Uh, It's going to be a banger. I'm... This is where the the league gets really fun for me. I think best of ones are okay. It's cool. You get a little taster. This is where, you know, the real We think it's actually get to prep for each other. You get to, like, really deep dive onto a team, and then it actually feels like you get the best of both sides. Yeah. It's sick. And now if you get a 4K gold lead and lose in the mid-game, you get another shot. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? And now if the fiddlesticks, you know, nocturne doesn't work out, you don't play your game, your coach yells at you, and you get to try again. You know? Like, it's going to (laughs) be... It's a banger. I'm excited about it. Thank you, Supa, for coming on for the first time. Elio, thank you for coming back. Always a pleasure to have you. Uh, yeah. And tune in this weekend, Saturday, 5 p.m., this time zone. This has been Euphoria, episode three. We'll see you next week. <laughs>